You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Today, we are continuing in week two of a series that we started last week called, I Want to Believe, But. I Want to Believe, But. And in this series, what we're doing is we're looking at some reasons why maybe some people don't believe in God. Or if you do believe, maybe some reasons why you may not always trust God. Right? Those things happen. Last week, Pastor Karen started us off in the series with a beautiful message about what happens when we don't always feel God. Right? You remember that? She did such a a beautiful job in reminding us... That just because we don't feel God doesn't mean he's not there, right? You remember that? And she taught us so well that God's silence does not equate to his absence, right? God's always with us. Despite what we think sometimes, God is always with us, and he has promised that he would never leave us. That's the truth of the matter, right? That's the truth of the matter. So here in week two, let me start by asking you this question. Would your life be better if you got everything that you wanted? Would your life be better if you got everything that you wanted? You see, we all have our list of wants, don't we? We want a great job. We want great relationships. We want a new car. We want fill in the blank, right? We want all kinds of things. But what happens if you don't always get what you want? Is that a good thing? What happens when you ask God for something that you want and he doesn't, in your mind, come through? He doesn't give you what you want. Maybe you can start thinking if if that's where you're headed. Well, wait a minute. The Bible says all I have to do is ask and I'm going to get whatever I want. The Bible doesn't exactly say that, but but just, you know, we we can get into a mindset. We can get into a mindset, right, that says what I want. God should give me, right? And if it doesn't happen, then that can be a cause for some people to not believe or to not trust God if you don't get what you want. So today we're going to talk about this myth a little bit and, and get to some truth about what I would call the ATM God or the on demand God. ATM, it's not what you think. It's, it's not what that little machine you go to the bank. No, the ATM God is the at-this-moment God. I want it, and I want it now. Anybody ever have that kind of thought? Come on, you've been alive for a minute. I'm going to believe everybody in this room has experienced that. You may be in the middle of that right now. There's things you want, and you want it right now. Well... Here's the problem with that line of thinking. You see, God never promised to give you what you want. God never promised that. What he did say, though, is that he would provide all that you need. God never said he's going to give you everything you want. But he did promise to provide everything that you need. And that's really where the disconnect comes in. You see, because sometimes what we want and what we need are two different things. 
We want to make them the same, but the reality is that they're not. So here's the big idea for today. Here's what I've come to share with you today. We want what we want, but God knows what we need. We want what we want, but God knows what we need. That's what I've come to share with you today. You see, this wants versus needs thing, debate, if you will, goes back to the very beginning of time. You don't think so? Go back to Genesis. There's the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve had everything that they needed. They had a beautiful place to live. They had all the food they wanted. And most importantly, they had a God that was literally walking and talking with them every day. Could you need more than that? God gave them everything that they needed. And yet, our adversary went to Eve and convinced her that somehow she should want a little bit more right? He convinced her that somehow God was holding out on them, that there was actually more for them to get. And all they had to do was disobey God and they could have it. That's basically the lie of the enemy, right? From the beginning of time, this thing of wants and needs has existed and continues to exist to this day. And because Eve bought into this desire to want more, Instead of what she really needed, she and Adam fell into sin, and sin entered into the world. You know, we ought to be really grateful, and I hope to share with you for the balance of our few minutes here, we ought to be grateful sometimes when we don't get what we want. You know, there's an old Garth Brooks song, many of you know it. Any Garth Brooks fans? Some of you are pretty young, like, who's Garth Brooks? <laughs> Oh, man, he's, he's made a few comebacks here and there, but there, there's a very famous song that he did, and one of the lines in that song says, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Anybody ever heard that Garth Brooks song before? That's one of those most famous lines. You didn't know Garth was like a theologian right now. No, he was when he, when he penned that. He was right on target. Thank God for unanswered prayers. You see, when we push the mark and go after what we want, Instead of allowing to give us, instead of allowing God to give us what we need, it can do more damage than good. It can do more harm than good in our lives. Now, a real Christian writer, C.S. Lewis, put it this way. He said, whether we like it or not, God intends to give us what we need, not what we think we want. A lot of wisdom in that statement from C.S. Lewis. You know, I've seen this play out in my life so many times. It's something I still have to guard against. But let me give you a very specific example. Back in the late 90s, uh, I was married to my ex-wife at that point. And I, I had a really nice paying job here in San Antonio. You know, worked for a big company, making what most people would consider quite a bit of money. But my finances were a mess. Despite the money I was making, I continued... And we continued to spend more than what we were bringing in. Anybody ever been in that boat before? Well, I was there. I was there. Now, I'm not saying, well, here, here's the deal. So I thought the solution to that was, well, let me just get a better paying job. Let me just, let me just go make some more money. That was the solution. That's what I wanted. 
And I thought that was going to get me out of the debt I was in. And I thought that that was the answer to my question. It's what I wanted. No, I'm not saying getting a higher-paying job is necessarily a bad thing. Those of you that may want a higher-paying job, that's wonderful, beautiful. Go for it. Love it. But let me encourage you to do this. What I didn't do was question my motives. You see, I just I thought, well, I want more money because I want to get out of debt, so that's a good thing. But I really wasn't digging deeper and understanding yeah, what I wanted may not necessarily have been what I needed. You see, what I needed was to learn to manage my finances better. What I needed was to rely upon the Lord and let him teach me how to handle my finances better and how to depend upon him in my finances, how to give to him in my finances. That's the lesson that I really needed to learn. So guess what? God answered my prayer of getting a new job. That was my prayer at the time. Remember, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Sure enough, he gave me a new job, making more money. And I remember at the time praying, whoa, Lord, that's, that's awesome. Thank you for that new job. But you know what? Within a several years, I was in more debt than before. I was in more debt than before. Yeah, I was making more money, but I was spending more money, right? I got what I wanted, but I didn't really let God give me what I needed. I didn't let him give me what I needed. And the beautiful thing about God is ultimately I learned my lesson. Now, you know, I'm... A big part of why my marriage ended had to do with those finances. That wasn't the only reason, but that was one. But I want to tell you, God is also a God of restoration, right? I eventually learned to put my full trust in my finances in him and in his ways. And God restored and has brought to me since that time more than I could ever hope or imagine. But it's, it's because... In that area, I was able to distinguish between what I wanted and what God showed me I needed. So important. Now, I want to spend the next few minutes just talking about some areas that I think we struggle with when it comes to our wants and our needs, okay? The first is this. We want answers, but what we need is understanding. We want answers. What we really need is understanding. I'm reminded uh, of the movie, the, the famous movie for those of you that are more than a couple years old here, A Few Good Men. Remember that movie with uh, Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, some of you old enough to remember. If you haven't, if you've never seen that movie, it's a classic. You need to go see it. But I'm reminded of the final scene in that movie. And Tom Cruise plays a young uh, lieutenant, uh, attorney, named Lieutenant Caffey. And Jack Nicholson is playing this old, crusty Marine, Colonel Jessup. And Cruise's character, Caffey, is trying to get him to tell him the standards. The courtroom is packed, 
And Kathy has uh, Nicholson's character, Jessup, up on the stand, and he is just grilling him. I mean, he is grilling. If you've ever seen that scene, bring it to your mind. If you haven't, go rent this movie. Kathy yells, I want answers. Jessup says, you want answers? Kathy says, I want the truth. Jessup says, you can't handle the truth. You want me on that wall. You need me on You remember that scene? I wonder if sometimes we're like that with God. We put him in the witness chair, and we're asking him, God, why don't you give me what I want? I want answers. Why am I not getting what you said what you told me I could have? How come? How come? I want answers. I want the truth. But thank God, we, we serve a God that's not a Colonel Jessup. He doesn't give us the harsh response that Colonel Jessup gave Kathy. Instead, God says something like this. You want answers? Let me help you understand the truth. Let me show you more of who I am and what my plans are for your life. That's the answer that we get from God. And that's why... We need to learn to understand and not just get an answer. You see, when we can silence our own desires, we will begin to understand some things about God that only come when we seek him in those quiet moments. And we want to get to the point where we don't always need the answer, right? In fact, I would say in understanding God, there's there's two things I, I just want to share briefly. One is that there's some things we're not going to understand. So understand that you don't get to understand everything. This is what it says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So part of understanding God is understanding you're not always going to understand. And we got to get comfortable with that. You see, God's the creator. We're his creation. He doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe you anything, much less an answer to every question that you have or every prayer that you pray. He doesn't owe you that. You see, God's already chosen to send his son to die for you. He chose to do that. He didn't have to. He chooses to give you grace and mercy every day. He chooses to put breath in your body. That's the kind of God we serve. God's good. His his character is unquestioned. And here's the other thing when you're looking for answers that we should understand about God. That despite what may be happening around us, God is always going to work it and use it for our good. We may not always understand the why behind every what, but we can count on this, that God is ultimately going to use it for our good as long as this happens. Romans 8, 28. This is what it says. And we know that for those who love God, all things, it doesn't say some things, it doesn't say, no, the good things, no, it says all things, work together for good for those that are called according to his purpose. So the next time that we're looking for answers... I want to know the truth. I want to know why. Remember that as long as we love God, 
and we make his plans and his purposes our priority, he's going to work it all out in the end. Those are the things that are more important than us getting an answer to our question, is understanding how God works, understanding who he is, what his character is all about. I know we want answers, but what we truly need is to understand who God is. Understand that he's loving, he's compassionate, he's merciful, and that he is good. That's more important than the answer to your question. Here's another area that I think we struggle with. We want relief, but what we really need is restoration and healing. You know, if you were to break a bone in your arm, your immediate response might be to somehow relieve the pain, right? Take a bunch of pain meds, maybe put it in a sling. You you would do whatever you could oftentimes to try and relieve the current pain that you're in. But here's the problem. Ultimately, that's not going to solve your broken bone, right? The only way to really heal it is to set it back in place, put it in a cast. In other words, restore it to where it's supposed to be, right? That's the only way to really heal that broken bone in your arm. I wonder how many times in your life you've tried to use a quick fix to stop the pain. Anybody ever done that? The quick fix that I want to find a way to fix my hurt or what we think is going to fix our hurt or our pain right now. I'm not just talking about physical pain. Emotional, heartbreak, things we're longing for and hoping for. Sometimes what we'll want to do is we want to take the quick fix. We want to medicate with actual medication or with drugs or with sex or with you, you, you name it. Or another relationship, right? Another relationship, we're hoping that that's going to be the quick fix instead of the alternative. The alternative is to let the healer get in there, reset that bone, bound it up, bind it up the right way, bring real healing, set things back the way they're supposed to be to restore and to heal. We're reluctant to do that because it takes time and it's messy. And sometimes that hurts a little bit, even to let the healer, you know, when, when that doctor's setting the bone for a minute, kind of hurts when he puts it back in place, right? But what he's doing, just like what Jesus is doing and wants to do for us, he doesn't want the quick fix. That doctor setting the bone knows if I don't set it right, if I don't put it back in its place, it's not going to heal right. It's the same thing when we're dealing with Jesus. We want the quick fix, but we really got to let the healer get in there and do what he does. Dig some things out in us. Help us see things. Restore us. You know, in John chapter 4, there's a beautiful story of a woman who kept looking for the quick fix. She'd spent her whole life actually looking for the quick fix. You see, she'd gone through five relationships, the story tells us already. And she was hoping that the next relationship would always be the thing that fixed it, right? She got in a habit and a pattern of looking for the quick fix. And so she goes to a well one day to draw some water and meets Jesus there. Now, she didn't know who Jesus was. She had no idea who he was. But she began to tell Jesus about her story, about her desire for the quick fix. And Jesus just listened. 
He listened. He listened. And ultimately, Jesus then spoke to her and said, all right, I see what you've been doing. In fact, I already know what you've been doing. And he pretty much called her out on it and said, hey, I already know all these relationships. I know how you've been trying to fix things. Are you ready for restoration in your life? Is, is really the ultimate question that Jesus asked her. Are you ready to stop the quick fix and let me give you the permanent healing and restoration that you're looking for? This is what Jesus said to her in John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. He said, everyone who drinks of this water, he was using the analogy of the well they were at, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give them will never thirst again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Friends, I wonder, are you still looking for a quick fix to a problem that needs healing and restoration? Maybe you're battling something in your heart, in your mind right now. You're hurting. You're looking for relief. But every time you turn to relief, you find that it only provides a temporary solution and doesn't really address or fix the problem, does it? I understand. I understand. I've been there. But more important, God understands. He sees your struggle. He sees you seeking out this temporary fix. You see, God doesn't go, though, where he's not invited. But he's waiting for you to come to him so that he can give you what you need in that situation. Not just what you want. Not just what you want. I know you want the healing, but can I suggest to you that what you need more is the healer? I know you want to feel better. I know that. We all do. It's a natural reaction. But God wants to give you more than that. He wants to restore things. He wants to heal it. All you have to do is ask him and invite him to come do that, and then let him do the work. That's the hard part. I know it. Let him do that work. Let him set that bone. Let him cast it in his love. Let him, let him do what only he can do. Maybe you're looking for a financial fix like I was all those years ago. I know you want financial provision, but, and you think that the answer to that is more money, right? Let me tell you from personal experience, it's not. That's not all it's about. God wants to, God wants to show you that what you need is the provider himself, not just the provision. You get a raise in a paycheck, it's gone. At some point, it's gone. The next week, next month, it's gone. That's why about 75% of anyone that wins the lottery is broke within five years. They, because, yeah, they, they got the provision, but they didn't know how to handle it. They didn't really get what they really needed. What they needed was to know how to handle the provision and how to trust the provider. You and I are the same way. I know you want provision, but let me suggest to you what you need more is the provider. Because the provider can give you all things that you need. Not just money. He can give you the capacity. He can fill your heart with wisdom, discernment, 
You need that way more than you need more money. Way more. You see, we want what we want, but God knows what we need. We want relief, but what we need is restoration and healing. Let me tell you one last area that that I believe we all struggle with. We want comfort, but what we really need is character. We want things to be easy. Anyone here not want an easier life? Come on. Of course we do. It's a, it's a natural in, inclination. We want life to be easier. We want things to be more comfortable. Now, character, the definition of that is the mental and moral qualities of an individual. That, that's kind of the definition of character. The mental and moral qualities of an individual. And our character begins to develop from infancy, right? Because our character is a product of our experiences, things we experience in childhood, and it continues to grow. And as adults, when we, our character is usually developed and revealed, not usually based in the good times, but more in the not-so-good times. That's kind of when our character is mostly developed, is when things are not going great. Because it's easy to have good character when things are going well, right? Where we learn is when things are not going so well. And let me share this with you. God is much more interested in your character than he is your comfort. God cares way more about your moral and and development than he is about providing you a comfortable life. Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 24. Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. When Jesus said, let him deny himself, that doesn't sound like a whole lot of comfort living, does it? Because our comfort is not what Jesus had in mind when he made that statement. He was calling us to stop worrying. He was calling his disciples and us as his disciples now, to stop worrying about being comfortable all the time and instead let God develop us into his image. That's what it's about. You see, God's character is set. God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. His character's not changing, okay? Our character, on the other hand, needs to be developed and refined, and the goal of our character is, uh, is for us to develop the character in the word that comes from it, characteristics of the Father who created us. We were created in his image, is what his word tells us. So as God grows our character, it's only with one thing in mind, to become more like his son. To develop more of the character of God. And that is a process, my friends. That's not something that normally happens overnight. Okay, it's a process. This is what that process looks like or is described in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. It says this, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of what? Character. 
and our character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Wow, what a beautiful thing. Our character and our salvation linked. Thank you, God. Wow. Thank you, Lord, that you developed that character in us. You see, when we stop looking for comfort, in other words, the quick way out of a situation, sometimes that we don't want to be in, we're allowing God to shape our character in that process. And in this life, there's going to be things we don't want to deal with, things that will jack with our comfort. And they're usually things we don't want to confront. <laughs> you know, maybe it's a habit that you know isn't the best thing for you, that you just can't seem to break, or maybe you're accustomed to just, you know, saying the first thing off the top of your head, popping off when somebody says something to you. Whatever those character things are that God's working in you, I have good news for you and for me. God gives all of us as believers the Holy Spirit to help us with our character development. Yes, that is that is worthy of your clap. <laughs> because you see, on our and, and this is hear me now, you cannot develop your self in your character into a godly character without the Holy Spirit. It, it is impossible. It is, hear me, it is impossible. So if you're out there trying to develop your character on your own, in your own willpower, by reading the next self-help book, by, th- hey, that's all good and fine. But you will never develop the full godly character that God intends for you without the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus left that with us, to teach us, to train us, to help us lean into that. So when you're putting yourself on the wheel and letting God shape you and mold you, do it with the Holy Spirit with you. And as you do that, God will develop your character. See, God knows that we struggle, but he has already provided a way to get through it, right? All we need to do, all we need to do is accept what Jesus has already done. That's actually what we need to do. Now, now actually, I hope that starts with a want. I hope you want to do, but actually that, that is a need to do. We have to accept what Jesus has done. Friends, I know you've been looking for comfort in your struggles with God. But let me remind you, God wants to use those things to refine and to build your character. We want what we want, but God knows what we need. We want answers, but what we need is understanding. We want relief, but what we need is restoration and healing. We want comfort. But what we really need is character. Remember, God knows what is best for us. And I think one of my favorite verses in the Bible sums this thing up. Philippians 4.19 says this, And my God will supply every what? Every what? Need. My God will supply every need of yours and mine according to his riches in glory 
in Christ Jesus. Wow, come on. Yes. Yes. Will you bow your heads right now and just pray with me? Father God, we come to you now thanking you for the good Father, for the good, good Father that you are to us. God, thank you that you don't give us everything that we want. Thank you, God, that you don't give us everything that we want. But instead, that you are so faithful to provide us everything that we need. God, will you help us to trust you during those times when we don't understand, when we just don't get it? Father God, we're so thankful for your patience, for your grace, for your mercy, for your leading and guiding us and teaching us the difference between what we think we want and what we truly need. Father God, give us the wisdom and the discernment to recognize that difference and to put our full faith, not in us, but in your ability to meet all of our needs in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, mighty name, we pray. And now, if you would just keep every eye closed. Will you continue to pray with me? Maybe there's somebody here today that wants you're ready to put your full trust and faith in Jesus Christ. Today's that day for you. You're ready to let him meet your real needs. And you're ready to put aside the wants of this world and say, yes, Jesus, I'm ready to let you meet my real needs. If that is you and you're ready to do that today, if you're ready to let Jesus be the Savior that you need, on the count of three, would you just slip your hand up really quickly just so I know who we're praying for? One, Jesus, we need you. Two, today's the day I'm making that declaration. Three, if you just slip your hand up really quickly, if that's you today. Wow, beautiful. Beautiful. Now, if we can all just pray that prayer, this prayer together in support of anyone that's making that decision today or maybe coming back to that decision that they made long ago, just pray this with me. Dear God, thank you for your faithful love, compassion, and mercy. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that Jesus died for my sin. And then he rose from the dead. Today I give you my heart. Be the Lord of my life. And help me grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.